What do all these people have in common? See if you can figure it out. Jack comes into church before Mass from the side door. He walks by the tabernacle and takes his seat in the first pew. Jill comes in the front door, comes up the side aisle here, goes over to the statues, lights a candle there, then she turns around and walks out the front door. Joe sits in the last row of the church and he text messages his friends during the liturgy. Hmm. Yes, I know that goes on. <laughs> the choir people tell me all the time. They see you. Jane chews gum during the course of Mass. James wears his weekday worst instead of his Sunday best when he comes to church for liturgy on the weekend. Jerry comes to communion with his mind on the pretty girl in front of him in the communion line. His mind is not on the Holy Eucharist. In fact, he receives the Eucharist without giving it a second thought and without making any gesture beforehand. John comes to Mass late every week although he could easily be on time, and of course, he leaves early. Justine talks more to her friends than she does to God when she comes to Sunday liturgy. And finally, Jacob comes to Mass faithfully every week, but only out of obligation, and not because he really thinks that he needs it. So, my brothers and sisters, what do all of these people have in common? They all get on Father Ray's nerves, right? <laughs> well, yes, that is true. People like that do get on my nerves, and on the nerves of most priests. However, that's not the answer I'm looking for. What all of these people have in common is a lack of reverence for God, a lack of proper reverence for the Lord. Now, in all fairness to them, it might not be intentional. In fact, in most of these cases, it probably isn't intentional. But it's a lack of reverence nonetheless. How different Isaiah was. How different Simon Peter was. Simon Peter before the resurrection. Simon Peter, even at the very beginning of our Lord's ministry. In our first reading today from Isaiah 6, the prophet sees a vision, this unbelievable vision of God on his heavenly throne with a multitude of angels singing his praises. And he is so overwhelmed, he is so awestruck that he thinks he's going to die. He cries out, woe to me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. And here I am, seeing the King, the Lord of hosts. That's reverence. That's awe. Peter in today's gospel has a similar reaction after Jesus works a miracle, this great fish-catching miracle for him and for his friends. They've caught nothing the night before, according to the story. But then Jesus comes along and tells them to cast the net over the side. It's interesting what a powerful person Jesus was. They had just met him, and Peter already is taken with him and obeys. 
He throws the net over, and what happens? They catch so many fish, it almost sinks the two boats. Can you imagine how many fish <laughs> that was? It must have been five feet high in those boats. And just like Isaiah, Peter responds with reverence and awe. He falls to his knees. That's a sign of adoration. Here's how powerful Jesus was, how overwhelming his presence was. He falls to his knees and he says, Leave me, Lord. Depart from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. One aside here, my brothers and sisters, that was one prayer, that was one request that Jesus Christ did not say yes to. And for that, we should all say, Thanks be to God. You know, we may abandon the Lord at times. It's very easy to do. We can all do it. Even we priests can do it. But God, Jesus, never abandons us, as he never abandoned Peter. This is the year of evangelization, is it not? That's an important message for us to share during this year, especially with those who have been away from Christ, away from the church, away from the sacraments for an extended period of time. Some of them probably think that God has had it with them, that he has abandoned them. We need to tell them the truth, that the Lord has not abandoned them and never will abandon them. And that he wants them to come home to him soon. Coming back now to those people I mentioned at the very beginning of my homily. What was the problem with Jack? The guy who came in the side door and walked by the tabernacle and then took his seat in the front row. Very simply, he forgot to genuflect. He forgot to genuflect to the Eucharistic presence of Jesus Christ in that tabernacle. Anytime we pass in front of a tabernacle in a Catholic church, we are supposed to genuflect on our right knee out of reverence for Jesus Christ, who is present there, body, blood, soul, and divinity. At least that's what we say we believe as Catholics. And we're to genuflect when we go by, even if we're just on our way to, dare I say it, the restroom. What about Jill, the woman who came in the front door, went down the side aisle to the statues, lit a candle, and then walked out? Well, her mistake was very similar to Jack's. Before we light a candle and seek the intercession of a saint in a Catholic church, we should acknowledge Jesus Christ the one who made them saints in the first place, by genuflecting. Even if we're coming down this aisle, before we go over to those statues, we should turn to the tabernacle, wherever it is in the church, and genuflect toward it, out of reverence for the Lord. This is why, incidentally, a lot of non-Catholics get confused. They think we worship saints. They think we worship statues, even though we don't. But they get confused because of what they see us do sometimes. When we come into church, we are to acknowledge our Savior. And believe me, if these statues could come alive as we're walking down the aisle toward them, they would be standing just like this. <laughs> They'd be pointing to the tabernacle, telling us, acknowledge Jesus first. Then come to us, then we'll pray for you. No problem. But acknowledge Jesus first. The lack of reverence shown by Joe, the guy who was text messaging, and Jane, the girl chewing gum, and Justine, the chronic talker, should be obvious. 
At least I hope their lack of reverence is obvious. If it's not obvious to you, then please see me after Mass and I will explain further. James, who always wears his weekday worst to Mass, lacks reverence because he could easily make himself more presentable if he wanted to. I'm sure if he were meeting the President of the United States or the Governor of our state or a famous celebrity or his favorite sports hero at some big banquet, I'm sure he would dress appropriately. Well, here he's meeting the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is more important than any one of those other people, who's more important than all of them put together. John, who constantly comes in late and always leaves early, lacks reverence because he is not giving his best effort to God. And God deserves our best effort in all things. Why? Because he's God. No further elaboration needed. Jerry, who comes to communion with his mind on that pretty girl in front of him in the communion line and who receives the Holy Eucharist without giving it a second thought, demonstrates his lack of reverence by not making the effort to focus his mind on Jesus. The Jesus he's about to receive in the Eucharist. And by failing to make an act of reverence, like a head bow, before he receives. Jacob's lack of reverence might not be so obvious, but it's present nonetheless. It's present in his attitude. Yes, he's there at Mass every Sunday. Praise God, that's wonderful. But he's there only out of obligation, not because he recognizes the deep need that he has for God and for God's forgiveness and saving grace. Isaiah and Peter were exactly the opposite, weren't they? Because of the incredible reverence and awe they had toward the Lord, they were extremely conscious of the need that they had for forgiveness and salvation. Woe to me, I am doomed. I'm a man of unclean lips. Depart from me, Jesus. I am a sinful man. Today, at this Mass, and especially after communion, when we return to our pews to pray, let us ask the Lord for that gift. We can ask him for a lot of things. But today, let's ask him in a special way to give us a, a spirit of reverence, a spirit of deep, profound reverence. Because, my brothers and sisters, if we learn to be reverent toward Jesus in here, in church, the Jesus who is present in the Word and in the Eucharist, if we learn to be reverent to Jesus in here, in all likelihood, we will become more reverent toward the Jesus out there. The Jesus Christ who is present in the people that we live with and work with and interact with every single day.